Welcome to another episode of the Bianca Del Rio podcast. Today is a treat. Joining me today is a lady that I can now call my friend. And I say friend because I like her, she's funny, and she's doing my podcast for the second time. She's here for a very special reason. She just executive produced, wrote, and starred in a brand new film called Good on Paper. It premieres June 23rd on Netflix. It's the brilliantly talented Miss Eliza Schlesinger. She took time out of her busy press schedule to sit back and chat with me. And one of my personal favorites, the brilliant Miss Margaret Cho is in the film as well. And we always get worried when friends make movies because you want it to be good. And it's absolutely amazing. It's funny, I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but good on paper is definitely worth a watch. I got to sit down with Eliza and chat and it went a little bit like this. And so now she can add Film writer to her resume. I got to say, I just saw the movie and I absolutely loved it. How the fuck uh, are you? I'm, I'm living. Um, I'm so happy that I get to do interviews where people like it versus like, so that was a movie that no. you did. I'm just so happy people like it. Well, I, I loved it. First of all, I didn't know. Well, for those of you who are listening, uh, you know, she's got this new movie out and it's it's called Good on Paper. It opens June 23rd. And I got to say, she executive produced it and wrote it. This is a huge undertaking uh, for, for one lady to do. But you did it. It's fucking hysterical. Uh, I didn't know where it was going or what was going to happen. I mean, how, how did this come about? You know, what, what, what made you say, let me go into this area so good on paper is we tout it as a mostly true story based on a lie so this actually happened to me no i yes i told this story semi-famously on the joe rogan podcast a couple years ago um because it was just so crazy you know it was about i had dated somebody who ended up being like a total sociopath and had Mm -hmm. lied about everything from the day that i met them wow We were friends for a year Uh and then we dated for like three months because, you know, you fall in love with a person because they're sweet and kind, whatever. And it was just about the realization that everything was a lie. Now, in this movie, we sort of seek a revenge. I don't want to give away too much. And that obviously did not happen in real life. I don't think I'd be sitting here talking to you now if it did. But um, (laughs) so it was a at the time, it was a cathartic way of dealing with something that was really traumatic. But and I think anybody that's been through anything tough, you know, if you make comedy out of it and you work on it enough there to this there's no anger there now like i don't care if this guy ever sees it it this movie at the end of it is really about process and it is about taking something insane that brings you to your knees and making and you're a comedian and you get it making art and comedy out of it and putting it out there as a way of of making people laugh healing other people and really just being okay with what happened 
And, and just kind of also going like, can you fucking believe the can setup? Can you fucking believe this you, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, I got no. Like, see, I was sitting there watching the whole thing. First of all, I hate Dennis. I hated. I just wanted to fucking go in there and kill uh, him. He's a brilliant Did you actor. hate him at first, though? No, I did not hate him at first. He was so brilliant. And what I loved about it, I think, that was making me laugh is as I was watching you and the way that you were handling the scenario with him. You know, kind of like, all right, this is a story here. This could be made up. No, it's okay. He made it better. I am. I am you in every in every scenario. I am the one going, okay, fine. If that's yeah. what it is, sure. I've always been that person, the people pleaser and the I give somebody a second chance. I believe yes. in the person. Uh, I sit back and think, no, it's too much work to be a liar. It can't be. Okay, fine with me. So I was yeah. on, I was you the entire film. And with him, I just thought, okay, something's up. And then I'm thinking, no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna dick her over. He can't dick her over. No, he right. can't. And you want to like him. You, you do. And also, without giving away Way too much you know right. this movie we you know it's it's in the rom-com genre but we're calling it a rom-con with an <laughs> n um because the whole time just like our andrea me the main character you're like yeah. of course i want to believe that this is real and as the audience you know the nerdy underdog always gets the girl and so sure. we sort of messed with that trope and her the stereotypes of like a woman andrea is not I think there are more women like her, like me, than Hollywood gives credit for. You know, it's always a girl that's broken or a girl that needs yeah. to learn a lesson about love or vulnerability. And it's like, what about those of us who like went to school, built a career, were doing fine and were dating hot gorillas and weren't hurting anyone? Why do we why did this need to happen? Right. I think a lot more people are, are, are that versus like falling over into a bush. So vulnerable. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Get me? no, I totally get it. It was so fascinating. It's the way I mean, like, like you said, not giving away too much. The way that it all plays out, you sit back and go. I, I mean, I was going, all right, he, he's he's getting through that. He's he's getting through that. And that makes yes. sense. And this can get away with it. I mean, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the journey. I didn't know where it was going, but I, I can't, I mean, not once again, not to give away too much, but fucking Serena had me pissing my pants. So Serena Thank is you. ultimately hysterical. And she, without giving away too much, is kind of like your, your rival uh, in, yes. in the film. And we all have that yes. person in our life. Everybody's got a fucking Serena. I must. Everybody say. has a Serena Halstead, uh, beautifully played by Rebecca Rittenhouse, who is Love her. so beautiful. She it's is. like hard to not touch her face when you're <laughs> working with her. She's and not only that, like she's smart. Yes, and you know she's not just a pretty face. And so she, you know, everybody. I love that you said that because especially in Hollywood, everybody has that person or those people who. They just seem to get everything uh -huh. and they're always in your face. And of course, that's not the reality of it, but you're so focused on that. And anyone who says they don't have that like fake nemesis is lying. Complete you know, liar. Yeah. Everybody has someone in their periphery. And I, I love their journey because it's so easy for women to get wrapped up. And then in the end, you see you were never really in that competition and you're totally right. different and the biggest thing to bring you to your knees is when you find out that person doesn't sweat you oh, <laughs> and that, you're like it's your life yeah yeah that, that's always the one thing that kind of kicks you in the stomach and you kind of go I remember I had a I had a, a, a boyfriend for quite a few years and then I wasn't over it for the past couple of years and I was fighting and arguing and complaining and my friend of mine says you think he's sitting home thinking about you and I was like Ooh. you fucking cunt but right. yes it is true <laughs> you just come to terms with the fact that it wasn't and what I loved about her is that she knew how to put it on when it needed to be on and and 
that's just the, those are the people that you sit back and go, look at her succeeding. Look at all the greatness she's having because of the way she's Not a problem. Yeah, Yeah. 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 She gets everything. She, you know, a big thing for me in writing this, just as somebody who has auditioned, I've been auditioning for over 10 years, okay? Jesus Christ. People always act like, oh, you want to make the switch to acting? I'm like, I have been trying. <laughs> um, not even a switch, but just also yeah. to do that. And I read, especially when you are a funny person, you they bring you in and it's like, you're going to be the wife and uh-huh. you're just kind of a bitch and you have four lines and they're not funny. And you're like, please give me something that I can add to. Right. And so when I wrote this, of course, I wrote this as a vehicle for myself and I wanted yeah. to be funny, but I really was cognizant of I wanted to write parts that other actors wanted to play. They weren't yes. just filling a box. And I really believe in allowing the actor to make it their own. And uh, Margaret Cho did oh. it and Ryan Hansen did it playing Dennis. You know, it was yeah. his idea to wear the fake teeth and to dye his hair. Brilliant. And Rebecca Rittenhouse really, she did it just so perfectly and she had no problem cutting loose and being like, she just... I love seeing that. I love giving people the freedom to make it their own and not policing it. Well, I always say you're only as good as the company you keep, you know? And as you said, here is your movie. You let it, you know, you wrote equally fabulous parts for everybody. Everybody could hold their own. I mean, and Margaret Cho, where do we even begin? First of all, how does Margaret Cho look 40 years younger than the last time I saw her? She looks can, amazing. Can I tell amazing. you, we did press yesterday and it was yeah. like four hands on my face and hair and she walked in and this is not like I was like I don't think she's wearing any makeup and she looks better than me she like, looks it amazing was just flawless she looks amazing and I've, I've been a huge fan of, of Margaret for, for many many years and love her and so goddamn funny it's so great to see her in this type of setting as your friend mm. as as a lesbian yeah well <laughs> I loved everything about it she was so first of all she's the easiest person not only to be friends with but just to work with like she yeah. just shows up you're like here are my thoughts she's like okay yeah. there's no like pushback she's I mean she's not a pushover but she was just yeah. easy to work with and I was you know talking to the director about this because I was trying to remember how we arrived at this the character Margot so her yeah. character's name is Margot in real life she is an amalgamation of about three women in my life but one mm-hmm. of whom is my best friend who is gay yeah. um, and married to a woman and they have a beautiful new baby and Aww. So I saw this, I saw my best friend is gay because my best friend's always been gay. Yeah. So it didn't occur to me that like, it should just be like two blonde girls out on the town. And in terms of representation, you know, I, it was just, she had, not only did she, we want her to be queer, but the name Margaret, like Margaret Cho popped into our heads. And I was like, that's the answer. Yeah. It's great. The way it looks, she's perfect. She represents not only the queer community and a minority, but comedians yes i like giving it to people that i know understand comedy yeah and she just i had all these boxes that i wanted ticked just the way that i saw this and i loved giving her not a lesbian b storyline but i like no. the moments with the girl that she had a crush on and yes i think it would be great if whatever the color or the gender the idea is that it becomes so normal that you don't think twice that it's a lesbian love interest no. or a person yeah. of color or whatever it's just easy and i think she made it easy and their relationship, her and Andrea, to me, was just so like, that's how I talk to my best friend. It's a little no, aggressive. It's totally, <laughs> it, it's totally real. It's up and down. It's it's no sugarcoating. Uh, and there's always the, the one friend who's thinking logically, the other one who is not. And then you switch back and forth. And that, yes. I thought, was was genius because it is a real relationship. I mean, when, you, when you're finishing each other's sentences or moving on to different topics and nothing yeah. makes any sense, it's brilliant. It's, it's real. It's real life. And especially those moments when you're trying to find out more information about Dennis. And, of course, she's hitting on the other 
the girl. It's fucking hysterical because I have 10 friends that would do that shit. You know, like, can you put it in your pants while I finish this caper? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my life is a mess. Let me sort this out and then you can go fuck. Yeah. I, yes, thought, exactly. I thought it was great. I thought it was uh, real and I thought it was just, you know, so funny and du- uh, brilliantly done because I did not know where it was going. And that's what Good. I think is, is so great. Now, when, you're, when you were writing this, I mean, first of all, like I know you write all of your stand up and everything else. And I'm just thinking to myself, how do you sit down and say, all right, this is the premise? Or did you just go, I've got this, I, I've got the base of the story, and then I'm going to take it here or there. Do you ever have those moments when you go, was there anything that you maybe wrote that you said, oh, that's a little too far-fetched or a little too crazy that I couldn't do? So this started out as all works do, you, uh, as it was a cathartic process. I was like, I just want to get this out. And I was like, I know this would make a cool movie. It really did pour out of me. Yeah. I have written plenty of screenplays where you're like, I'm kind of stuck in act two and what should they do? Yeah. So I started this, you know, this film is a testament to being the little engine that could. This is me on, on the road with my laptop in a hotel, just like writing a couple lines. It's staying home on Saturday night. It's coming home from gigs at night instead of going out, chipping away. Yeah. It's a real testament to, and this is for any artist out there. Um, I think drag actually applies to this because you don't ask anyone permission to do drag. You just no. go do it. Right. You know, in whatever way you can. And that also applies to stand up. And for this, I was like, well, I've never asked anyone for permission because I don't get it a lot. Right. Um, So I'm just going to write this. And I've got this idea. And it was so rooted in reality. And that's where the best stuff comes from. And honestly, I was playing Boston. And I had this idea. And I don't and I think I had written a draft. And my manager called. She's like, because we wanted to make a movie. And she's like, I got you a meeting with this guy named Paul Burnin. Uh, and he's in Boston, and so I went downstairs. I clipped in some fake hair. I yeah. went downstairs because I looked him up. I was like, "Oh, he's cute. I'll put in the fake hair." <laughs> Even That's though what I, I always had, say <laughs> I had a boyfriend who's not my husband, but I was like, "I'll put in the fake hair." You never know. Um, and we just really got along as people. And he was like, "I'd like to make your movie," and you're like, "Okay, what does yeah. that entail?" And that was about a year of going back and forth, rewrites, and then we got Kimmy Gatewood, who directs on Glow. We got her I was on board. I ask you about that. So is mm-hmm. Kimmy like a friend of yours, or is Kimmy somebody that just came on board? Because it, it, the way that it's directed, the way that it's handled, I wonder how much was your influence and how much was this Kimmy's influence on you, you mm. know, uh, how how you played it out, you know? I mean, how does that, how, how, do, we, you, how do you work together, I guess you should Sure. Say. We weren't friends before, and we're definitely not friends now. No, we okay. I didn't know her. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, oh, you know, didn't her. know her. Really, it was a a general. My, wow. you know, you go to your agents and you're like, we're yeah. looking for the right director. And I am a true feminist in that I want the best person to get the gig. Mm. You know, and of course it's great to have a woman, especially on your team as a woman. But the truth is, and this is the way I believe feminism should work. She had the best pitch, got the material, understood me, got understood it. tonally what we were doing. It shows the best, so she got the gig, and you know everybody's always going to have their own ideas about stuff. I really love a good collaboration, which is hard when your life is about being alone and doing everything your own. I love being able to lean on someone. So even though I wrote this and I lived it, sometimes mentally, it's so exhausting. You're on like the fifth scene of the day and I would look at her and be like, what do I mean here? (laughs) How should I say this? Because you just, you can't process it. Right, right, right. She had a lot of great ideas and I really, it was nice to hand the keys over to someone yeah. and trust them to, to shepherd you. And she did that beautifully. 
Yeah, no, it shows in the film. And I mean, that's one of the things I often wonder when you're, you know, when you're writing uh, for a stand-up in particular, that, you know, you have some jokes that may not work and you know they don't work. uh, Or when you've tried it, they don't work and you know never to use them again. But when you're doing film and when it's on a level of, uh, you know, your mind, your bubble, how is the editing process for you also starring sure. in it and being, you know, and, and also ad-libbing or contributing in the moment or feeding off of other people? How hard was that to kind of navigate yourself through? I mean, I can tell you for, I can start with editing and that I've been editing since I was in high school and yeah. I, I've edited my own videos and I've always, you know, you can't always be in control of everything. Every one of my Netflix specials, I don't hand edit it, but I sit there for every single cut. The wow. Eliza Schlesinger sketch show, I oversaw every single Jesus cut, Christ. every push because people don't understand regular people that aren't in film or in comedy. Editing is where your comedy lives and dies. Always. Yep. Whether you give it breath or you cut it off or you move to the next thing. Yep. And there is, such an art and people that don't get it, you know, that's how you lose someone in a movie. Uh, It is right up there with the performance. And so um, she had, I think it's like per DGA guidelines, the, the director gets like two weeks. She got like her time with it. And I wanted to be so respectful of that. Um, And it wasn't a lot of time. As you're home losing your mind going, what is she doing? (laughs) Um, But she got it to a really great place. So, I mean, you don't want to sit there with an assembly cut and start. I mean, I'm not the director, so I don't want to have to do that. But uh, she got it to a great place. And then I came in with a very fine tooth comb, a very precise, like, not a a Sharpie. What's it called? Scalpel. What are those knives called? A scalpel. (laughs) Not a scalpel. What's the other one? Um, A Ginsu knife. Uh, uh. They're like little metal ones. that you have one here. It's this. What's this? Oh, exacto uh, uh, knife. Exacto knife. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I got really granular because that's my chance to apply like my specific ear and eye for timing. So it was super collaborative. But I like I slept in that editing bay with Kayla. Kayla, Ugh. Kayla, our brilliant editor, who's a girl. And I was so pumped that it was a girl who got yeah. it. And it also is so validating. You make a cut, and I'm like, right? She's like, absolutely. Like uh, she would reserve her opinion. Yeah. And uh, so that was. We spent a lot of time in that. You see a lot of funny movies where you're just like, why did we hold on this character forever? Like, did nobody care? People forget that editing matters almost the most. No, completely. And I I thought that was so great because even in those little pockets, like when I first saw, you know, Serena in the beginning, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking in my head, I guess, because I know you're going, where's this going to go? What is going to happen with Serena? What's going to, and then she comes back again. And it's that thing where I, I love that everything doesn't get wrapped up not to give it away. It's not all wrapped up in a bow, like la, la, no. la, la, la. It's just pretty fucking fabulous. Like, here's a shit situation. This is how I made the best of it. As a neurotic yeah. performer on stage, you he realize- He said neurotic, not erotic, by no, the no, way. No, no, but no, 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 It depends no. on who's watching. You can add it. Yeah, no. No, you look great in the film. How, 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 how much pressure was this to have it shot, you know, from every angle, every look, every situation? Uh, you know, because stand-up, usually you got, what, three to seven cameras, uh, you know- Seven? And, Who were you? You, where are you well, getting your budget? Well, where were we? Well, there was some place where they said that, that someone said that the big guys get seven. I guess they were trying to jit me. I only had three. But anyway, so how did <laughs> you feel about in that? How are you in uh, in that situation where you're just like, oh, my God, I'm worried about every other aspect of your life. Whereas, you know, with comedy or the sketch show, you're playing character characters. But this you're playing, you know, a real person. Right. I mean, we, we obviously had a great DP, Giles, um, yeah. who... You know, he's there to make it look good. But of course, as a woman and even as a woman in comedy, you know, it is like even yesterday we did press and I'm like, why do we have to spend so much time on my hair? I have four strands. Why is this of my existence? (laughs) 
It is that added pressure that men don't have where you're like, I've got to get fitted. I've got to find the right outfit. Like you take these moments and it matters because you're judged harsher for this movie. I kind of let go a little bit. I was like, look, you look fine. Your job is not to be like Charlize Theron. Like you'll never be. And (laughs) I don't care if I am the most beautiful or glamorous. Like your face is fine and you're fine. No one has said you're ugly. You can't be on camera. Like it's fine. Uh My biggest worry is always my, we had like clip-ins, like just trying to get my hair to look like normal. Yeah. Um, And you know, with her outfits, I didn't want her to be like, tough girl yeah because there's this thing where when you're a woman in comedy it's like oh you must be tough chick no she's a normal girl who happens to have leather boots but she's not like kicking in dicks and like (laughs) taking names and so you know i liked her being like a little tough but nothing i didn't want to signal that she was this like angry tough girl because she's not that and and coding and clothing in film can do that so it was about comfort because you also also think what outfit do you want to be running around in for the majority uh, of the film? You're talking to a drag queen. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm well of aware. Of course you yes, get it. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. there's a reason drag queens sometimes wear character shoes and not stilettos. Like, you've got to give yourself a break. Um, I don't love my thighs, so I tried to do dark denim. We're in blue jeans in one scene, and it's the one scene, like light blue jeans, where they like yeah. follow me from behind, and I'm and like, like, it's a, oh. a donkey butt. Um, <laughs> well, it's not bad. It's fine. No. Now it's fine. No, it um, looked good. Pe- looked good. No complaints here. I think it's just... It's uh, a luxury to be able to be like, look, I'm just here to service the material, and this isn't about like how good does she look. And the answer is, I look fine, and I look no, good you look in bikini, great in the but- movie. I mean, I just mean you know, as a you know, when you do, when you, like you said before, like you're doing stuff alone all the time, where you're the stand up, you're yeah. on stage, you're in control of the narrative. I mean, that's amazing that you can allow that to a group of talented people and come out with such a great product because that does not always happen. You know what I mean? No, it I. We were lucky because you'll definitely do enough movies where you're like, oh, we let them go and this was terrible. But the truth is, as the executive producer and as someone in the edit bay, like if I don't like it in the end, we're going to cut it. Um, Yeah. But I tried to I I like the idea because I've definitely been in films where like you show up, you do all the work and then you are a sliver of a ghost in the movie. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to service the material. But I, I like the idea that actors showed up and did this and they get to be in it versus like we cut your scene. Oh, I I just I my friends were in this. So you want them to have that screen time, actually. So she's doing stand up in the movie and. Mm Uh, we cut back and forth to that, but there's a scene where she gets heckled, right? Some yeah. guy yells out something. In real life, that is the voice of Hunter Hill, who is my feature act, for, and he oh. has been for years. Yeah. he. This is so horrible. Oh, God. He got Bell's palsy right before. No. So half of his face, face was like yeah, yeah, melted. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so we tried filming it. No. Just to see his face, but it was like, not good. It was clear. And so I was like, I don't want it to be about that. Like I snapped at a man with Bell's palsy. So <laughs> we ended up not cutting to the audience, but we used the audio. But like, here's this guy that's like, oh, I'm going to be in a movie. And look what oh, happened. My face. <laughs> you okay ruined now. it. You ruined yeah. it. Well, we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsor. So we'll be back with Miss Elijah Schlesinger. We're back with Miss Eliza and we're chatting about her brand new film called Good on Paper. That's out June 23rd. She executive produced and wrote this film. She had a guy completely fuck her over in her life. So she decided to make a movie about it. Now, that's what makes it pretty fascinating. I mean, yeah. if I could make a movie about all the people that fucked me over. But we were just talking about... It'd be about, a miniseries. Oh, b- bitch. It's like... Aah! But in the end, you know, what I thought was so great about it, uh, what I enjoyed about the movie is that it, it's funny. It moves quickly. It looks great. Uh, and as you said, 
said before, you're surrounded by a great team of, of actors that were there. And how heavily involved were you with casting? Or was it just something that you let to, left up to casting? Or you said, hey, I need to have, or I'm looking for, how'd you find Dennis? How'd you find Dennis to play the role? Well, so we found Dennis. Uh, it was Kimmy Gatewood. I had never heard of Ryan Hansen. Sorry, Ryan. And, no, it's uh, all right. I didn't she, either. I thought it was great. Totally. She yeah. came up with him. You know, because this is a very small budget indie film. And, yeah. you know, I'm not a mega celebrity. And so it's, you're not going to have like the, like Leonardo DiCaprio's like lining up to play this. So we knew, first of all, I knew I'm like, let's just offer parts. Mm-hmm. Let's just put faith in someone because I've read for so many parts that afterward they're like, yeah, you should have gotten it. We don't know what happened. And I'm like, let's Ugh. just give it. Let's yeah. just give it to someone who's at a level where I am, where it's like, just give them the part. Just right. give them the fucking break because they had done enough. It's not like a guy that like I met at Ralph's, like he could <laughs> do it. It was her idea. So we looked him up and, yeah. um, he wanted to play the role because he always plays like sort of surfer bro, like frat dudes, like nice, like golden retrievers. Yeah. And he was very much looking forward to playing the part of a liar. He was super into it. A lot of actors don't want to be the bad guy. They don't want to be known as the bad guy. And he wanted to take that on. And it was actually, I remember looking at him and I was like, here's the problem. He's not ugly. Yeah. So the story doesn't work. Cause if this guy were hot, she would have loved him from the get go. Right. Um, and uh, it was Ryan's idea. He was like, he, I was like, we, we got to do something. Ryan's like, I got a tooth guy. Oh, God. Like that gave him fake teeth. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. wanted the teeth. And it was Ryan's idea to dye his hair. And he got glasses. And, you know, we kind of patted him a little bit. So he was very up for that. Um, but that was Kimmy's find. And it totally worked out. And the casting, you know, look, we are all surrounded by talented people. And I think oftentimes filmmakers are a little too precious yeah. with giving out these small roles. And I know that because I've read for them. And then yeah. I see the movie and I'm like, I'm sorry, why couldn't I be the FedEx <laughs> delivery girl? Like what right, was right, so right. prestigious about this? Um, and you realize that people want to work with people who are fun on set and easy. Of course. Uh, which of course, Margaret is the easiest and Ryan is so fun. Uh, you want people that show up on time, but you want to give your friends a break. So like yeah. my best friend Jody, I gave her the part of the bartender and Kimmy had a couple friends who played various airline workers and oh, the, hey, wait, and the wait. police. Th- that stewardess, that fucking stewardess with the- The one with the, the juice or the one the ju- at the The gate. one with the juice <laughs> The one with the me. juice. She is, because was it, was it Cran Apple? I wrote it down. Yes, Cran, Cran Apple. Apple. Uh, she, uh, when she comes back, I don't want to give it away, but when she comes back at you <laughs> with that- I'm, I'm so demonstrating so we you made know that, what it is. Yes, that's fucking funny shit. That's I can't remember shit. if we made that up in the moment or I think it was in the script, but she tonally, like all the looks and everything, like Kimmy's friends with a lot of improv people and even the girls that were cast to play uh, like Margot's love interest and the other uh, roommate. What, yeah. Yeah. They made that, like I wanted her to be sort of creepy, but like she really made it her Honey, own and really she, went for it. She took it there. I was, I mean, that was like also a whole nother thing where I'm going, where is this going? How did they end up together? Brilliantly done. Just, it, it was just this mash of funny fucking shit, especially I, when you're in the bedroom yeah. and she says, you can't leave. <laughs> oh, that oh thank me. you. <laughs> I just wanted to play with like normal beats of a rom-com and yes. like what you expect. I love that you didn't, you didn't know what you were going to get, but actually now, now that I'm thinking back on this, I don't know that anyone auditioned. I think really? we just loaded like the guy that plays the director when we have the table read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is an actor who happens to also be our favorite bartender at a restaurant that we go to. And I knew he was an actor, and I was like, why not give him the part? That's brilliant. That's so br- I think we just Kimmy and I were like sort of dueling with like how many of our friends can we load into this movie? Yeah. And then 
that was it. It was just like, give them the part. You know yeah. they can do it. Just give it to them. No, it was. So we it did. It, it, it's truly full of surprises and surprising people. Like I said, when I when I first saw uh, the first uh, trailer of it, I was like, wait a minute, Margaret Cho, f- fabulous. Like I haven't seen Margaret Cho in a feature film in a long time, and I was excited yeah. to see her in this. I'm like, this sparks my interest. I didn't really know anybody else in the film, so as right. it's going, I'm going, oh my god, they're good. I want to know more about this person, more about that. I person. love that. No, but it is, you know, like I go out for a lot of voiceover gigs and it's always given and I get it like it's one of the perks of being famous and having that recognizability but there is that point where you're just like I'm just as good yeah and I wish somebody was in my corner saying like yeah just give it to her one of the most pleasant surprises um we got Matt McGorry who if you guys if you watch the first season or two of Orange is the New Black he played that really cute like correction officer who sleeps with Dianara in okay. Orange is the New Black. Um, he had like one leg and then he like ghosts her. <laughs> thought he was so cute in that. And I think somebody knew him or somebody suggested him to play the role of my cousin Brett, who is a real person. Yeah. And he was so funny and so fratty and he was such a delight to have on set. And honestly, we became friends and he was sort of my compass through... Um, like Black Lives Matter and all the change happening in our country because he's such an advocate for social justice. Yeah. I just follow his account, gay rights, everything. And I'm yeah. just like, whatever Matt posted, I'm probably going to read that book. So yeah. it was really cool. He really was like a, an actor's actor that no. day. And it that, was great. That whole scene with the two doctors is fucking hysterical. You know, how the back, okay. how the back, how, you know, back pain is not hereditary. I was, uh, it was just genius because you didn't you. know where it was going. It was funny. And I'm curious, when, when did you uh, film all this? Was this pre-COVID or during COVID or what was that? It was mask? pre-COVID. Really? We shot oh, wow. this fall of, two, of 2019 and oh, then ooh, just the craziest, time. yeah, like not mind fuck, but changing of pace was I literally wrapped it like midnight yeah. on like a Friday and then that next morning at like 8am I was on a plane to Montreal to go film Pieces of a Woman, which okay. is yeah. not funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go from like being at the helm of your own ship to just like quietly watching these like Oscar worthy actors and you're just like <laughs> whenever you need me. Um, so I didn't even have a chance to think about it and then we came home and we edited it and then it was a lot, especially in COVID of waiting you yeah. know universal had produced this film and they kind of took it and you're you've edited it you've turned it in you're like where's this going and it was yeah. me calling my executive producer every week for months i'm like oh where's God. it going because you're you're there's no it's, more movie theaters yeah. so your hope is that it's not like it's gonna go to a subscription-based mattress company oh. and if you get a free code you can watch your movie <laughs> on a watch underwater and then yeah. he, he called and he was like netflix bought it and Yay. i it was one of those, I really believe in this career, you only get like a couple of, like, fuck yeah! You yeah. only get a couple of those. And every yeah. time you think you're going to get one, they're like, well, we're going to mm. pause. Yeah. Not you. And it was just an unabashed fucking yes. Yes. And I yes. screamed, scared the dog. Well, let's be and, honest. Uh, let's be honest. We've all been home so goddamn long. We've seen everything on Netflix that we do need some new shit on Netflix. Let's, you know, let's mm-hmm. be fucking real here. And so yeah. June 23rd, it comes out. Now, do you have any any plans on writing any other feature films? I mean, it's the worst thing to ask somebody after you've just given birth to this enormous baby. But, you know, is, is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you going, hey, I could do this again? Are you saying, you know what? I'm, I, 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 I'm happy with being Miss Actress. It's already done. I've oh, been writing done. Oh, scripts. Great. This is not the first script I've written. It's definitely the first script that I've I've gotten made, but yeah, I've been writing. Made, yeah. Um I have another we I have a couple of I really believe in having many 
irons in the fire. And so I have a couple of scripts Good. that are in various stages of development, as yeah. does every liar. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people are waiting to sort of hedge their bets on how well this does. But the films that I have written and that yeah. I have been a part of for rewrites and that I'm attached to, they're all sort of ready to go. And yeah. so I'm very excited. That's to great, get to- though release everything no that no i just think it's amazing to take on this you know this huge endeavor and then make it happen make it so relatable make it fun and you know how it is when you're watching somebody somebody's film that you're friends with you also want to go oh god i hope it's good i hope it's successful and as you were saying being an independent film you're like i I also want it to be fucking funny and entertaining and it was killing me i mean (laughs) some just the the fuckery that takes place i don't know how to explain it but it's just it's quick bullshit fuckery that i can't stop laughing at because it's like funny phrasing funny moments everything from the stewardess everything from serena all that was just really really funny you flipping off the fucking billboard sign i mean it's the little dreams we have you know what i mean tiny <laughs> small attainable dreams also i was nervous for you because i was like what if he doesn't like it no, how are we gonna I would do t- this interview what does that mean no could you imagine if i just go fuck you do? please no I, i'd be like I, I, oh he's sick today he no, can't no. do it no, could you imagine <laughs> no like, me too I know I did. I really, really, really did love it. And I just think it's fascinating to know where it was based out of, you know, the fact that it was this, this weird story. So are you nervous about this guy seeing this? I mean, in any way, do we know what happened to this guy? Is it, is he, you know, I don't, and, yeah, I don't think as a comedian, you worry. I don't think that factors in being nervous. You know, if you don't want to say something, you don't say it. Yeah. Um, and if you feel bad, you can apologize for stuff, but I can say this from the bottom of my heart, honestly, <laughs> and openly, if I saw this person and re- by the way, the end in the movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never Don't give it after away. all this. Ha- no, but after all this happened, I literally never heard from him. Never saw him okay. again. Like out of my life, and you know, uh, it would be insane if this person came forward because then you'd be owning <laughs> all of. You'd be like, yeah, I did that, but yeah, yeah, you made yeah. me look bad. And we changed the name, and not everything's hundred percent true. This is not uh, a biography, but you know, when you have something like this happen to you, you have no reference. You know, it isn't yeah. as if he lied about cheating which is something people do they write songs about it movies about it these lies were it was so insidious and weird and chemically something wrong yeah um so you want distance from that person and you sort of lick your wounds and you you commune with your people and you feel better but i wrote this as a part of a cathartic process and the more i got into it the less it became about him and it was revenge was never yeah. The goal. No. You know, you tell the story, you're like, oh, fuck this person. But it became about story and about yeah. characters and about comedy. And it became more and more about me. Um, if I saw this person in real life, I I probably would just walk the other way. I wouldn't <laughs> even want to give it any oxygen. Yeah. And people have asked that, you know, because I think there is that thing to be like, oh, I hope he sees this, whatever. I'm happily married, a very healthy person. And the truth is, I actually don't care yeah. if this person ever sees this or if, yeah. it, like, I don't give it, that is true healing. It's like, I don't give it any oxygen. Isn't that nice? See, don't see it. It actually is because we're all so used to being like, and I don't care, but like the lady doth protest too much. Yes. Could not, doesn't even occur. Does, could, I don't even think about it. Could give two fucks. You're done with it. Could, You're like, yeah, yeah. There's there's no fucks that are small enough to get. And so <laughs> it really became about this journey with these actors and making something. And and when nobody gave you permission and nobody asked you to and me being yeah. like, I'm still here and I've got something to make. And enough people said yes to help me. That's great. No, that's great. No, I'm, I mean, not that I'm anybody to tell you, but I'm proud of you. I thought it was fucking Thank hysterical. And, and for those of you that are listening, Good on Paper comes out June 23rd. Of course, Miss Elijah Schlesinger is in it. Slash singer. I always do that. Slash singer. Got it. Uh, got it. Is, um, 
is there. She executive produced and wrote it, and it's going to be on Netflix. And it's so great to see you out and about and working and making magic and taking the time to talk to me today. Sans hair clips. You look gorgeous. Uh, so <laughs> do do check it out on Netflix, uh, available June 23rd. Good on paper. Thank you so much Thank for talking you. to me today, I my love. I love you. Love you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'll see you soon. All right, baby. Bye. Bye. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.